What's shaking cats and kittens? Rob Lee here, and today's episode of The Truth in His Art is sponsored by a new online art platform called Fire and Bliss Creative. Fire and Bliss is the first art platform that I've seen that focuses on the art of the LGBTQ plus BIPOC and ally artists exclusively. And I have to say, the pieces are amazing. Whether you're looking specifically to add diverse art to your collection, or you have a space that needs a bit of updating, every single print on fireandbliss.com has been created by a diverse, independent artist who maintains full control over their art and their profit. I work with Fire and Bliss to curate a collection of my favorite pieces, like Somewhere Blue by Wodrich Francois. Shop my favorites at fireandbliss.com backslash truth and get 20% off your first purchase at Fire and Bliss. Again, that's fireandbliss.com backslash truth and use the code truth for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. Today, I am interviewing an abstract and conceptual artist. His aim is to create immersive spaces utilizing visual, audio, and light as his mediums. His creative explorations involve shedding everything, shedding everyday expectations of what an artist is meant to be. Please welcome Cameron Robinson. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> Thanks for the great intro. Oh, thank you. It's, it's going, it's going well. It's going well. Um, which is a lie because I told you something completely different before. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but, but thank you for making the time to hop on and for us to have this conversation. So I think we, I think we have a few overlapping friends. I feel like, I feel like Josh is a friend. I feel like. Yeah. Josh is uh that's my homie, uh close friend. I told him an yeah. interview with you was coming up and he was like, hell yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to see, we're going to see what happens. Um, sometimes I can get controversial. You okay. just got to see, see, see what, what comes to my brain. I'm, I'm kind of like no filter guy. So I mean, I'm the same way. It's, it's all about no filters and <laughs> being controversial. Um, so, so stepping back for those who are undipped, can you give us a little bit more about your background, where you grew up <laughs> and what would maybe some early visual experiences or visual, yeah, visual experiences from your personal history that led you into art making? All right. Yeah. Um, I guess I, to take it all the way back to like the nineties, I was born in the nineties, 1994. So I'm 28 right now. Just, uh, had a birthday. And, um, you know, like any typical kid, uh, I was drawing a lot. Um, I was drawing like a lot. Uh, and I guess like, um, the difference for me was, um, my mom, she always like gave me sketchbooks. So early on, I kind of like was just making stuff and I would definitely say early, super early influences were, um, uh, some of those trips to like Six Flags, Disney, and like seeing the characters in the parks, uh, trying to recreate those, of course, cartoons. Um, I was really into like the Simpsons as a kid and, yeah. uh, that's probably like middle schoolish. Um, I was into the Simpsons, uh, anime, like early animes, like Naruto, um, simple stuff like that. Um, and then let's see, um, trying to really structure this. Um, so I moved to, so I'm from Baltimore, I'm from West Baltimore. Like, uh, I guess like in my mind, it's actually kind of jumbled up because I didn't live in one place, um, that long. Um, 
me and my mom, we moved a lot. Uh, single, single mom raised me. Um, I have a pretty great, uh, family structure, so I don't want to like take away from, from that. Um, they were there for me as well, of course. Uh, but yeah, my mom raised me and she always wants, she's a very independent woman. She always wanted her own shit. You know, she was always very kind of like, uh, <laughs> serious about that. So we yeah. always had our own crib and, um, yeah. So I grew up like in different places in the city. I lived over East. I lived on the West side. Um, I lived in the County, um, in a lot of different places. So, um, in 99, um, I actually moved to Atlanta. So I was living in Atlanta, um, like in Buckhead uh, area in Stone Mountain. So, um, back then, um, I was staying, we were staying with my, sorry, we were staying with my aunt Susan and, um, uh, my, my aunt Desima, my aunt Sima, she, uh, she was into woodworking yeah. and watercolors. So she, she would like, whenever I would go to her house, which was pretty often, um, I would usually do two things. I was either, um, I was either playing like pickup sticks or just like one of those random kid games. Cause you know, it's like the nineties, early two thousands. I didn't have like a lot of video games, like no yeah. iPhone, no iPad. So I was like playing physical games. Like I had my Beyblades, um, <laughs> Bionicles, I forget what they're called, Legos. Yeah. I was always doing that or we were doing like craft time and craft time was like the fucking coolest because I just feel like I was always like learning something new from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she's an artist, like an artisan, and she kind of dedicated her life to that. And she lived in New York, like in the eighties. So I guess like when there was like a lot going on here, um, I need to ask her more stories about that now that I'm older, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would say, um, she had a, a really big influence on my, you know, like early, like mine and just thinking like, Oh, I can, I could do something with this art thing. Um, so fast forward to like later two thousands, I moved back to, to Baltimore. I went to, um, I went to, uh, Matt's, it's like a charter school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there from, well, first I went to FSK, Francis Scott key, which is like in the Harbor. Um, and I was living like downtown at the time. Um, and I, 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 I I don't know why I'm talking about all that, but <laughs> it's hard. I feel like I'm telling the whole story. There you go. So, so yeah, I ended up, I was living downtown for a while. Um, and then we were, uh, during that time I was trying to go to like arts, art school, but for cooking, I got really like kind of into cooking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was a fat kid. Uh, <laughs> and I remember, um, I think it's Carver. Um, but Carver out Towson, they had like, um, a cooking program and to get in, you had to be able to like shave a potato or something like that. Um, <laughs> but I ended up never like applying, which is like uh, kind of a dead end in the story, but, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm on tangents. I'm so sorry. Um, ultimately my point, I have my point of these stories is just saying that like I moved a lot, um, yeah. I went from living downtown and then I moved to the County and I finished high school in the County. Um, and by the time I graduated high school, didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, and I, I picked up a camera. So that was really like my first, 
I suppose like declaration as a, as like an artist. Yeah. Um, and I, and I made my first few dollars using a camera. So my dad, um, my dad always had a camera. He was always taking pictures and he's a, he's a photographer in Baltimore. He has a studio called Robinson studios. Um, and my dad's always taking pictures of us as kids, as like teenagers. So I had this whole catalog and shit. And, um, yeah, I picked up a camera. I got the exact same one as him. And I'm sure he was pissed about that. <laughs> he would never admit that, but I'm sure he was like, yo, why you copying my camera? Um, <laughs> but, uh, honestly, like I just was going for what felt familiar and what it felt like I could learn. And I'm, I'm an autodidact. So I teach myself pretty much anything that like I, I get really good at. I'm self-taught, um, or good by my standards, good, better than like, not knowing anything. Um, so picked up a camera, T3I, that's what I had, Canon, um, taught myself all these different things about like ISO, shutter speed, how to do Lightroom editing. Um, I learned Photoshop and I was just learning all this from YouTube university. Um, so very like DIY, very just like every time I got home from, I think I was working at Levi's in the inner Harbor at the time. Every time I got home, I was just hitting the, hitting the YouTube, like watching like three hours of content, watching just different channels, uh, to learn about cameras. Um, and I was making a little bit of money from it. And then, uh, just by doing like event photography, I, I would, people would see me with a camera. I got known for having a camera at UB and, uh, around like that midtown area, Micah. And, um, I kind of became more of an events photographer but I was really interested in street photography and I kind of like was inspired by like TMN square kind of those like photos that I didn't have any education around, but I had seen them and I was like, yo, like I want to take pictures like this. Like, yeah. and though, and from what I had learned, the people who take pictures like that, it's just usually a random person on the street with a camera. Um, it's never really a photographer. So anyways, that's kind of my first like exposure to, being art, but like, I guess, fine artists. And, um, I guess I got bored. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I got bored and the camera thing just kind of faded away, stopped getting dopamine from it. Um, and I found programming, which is like kind of a lot of people see it as like left brain, right brain. Um, I guess right brain is more analytical. And, uh, a lot of people see this coding thing as analytical and, I learned how to code, um, in 2013, I, I had some exposure earlier cause I went to, I graduated from Milford and, um, I, I finessed my way. I'm a, I, you know, I, am a wordsmith. So I finessed my way into a C plus plus class where I did not belong. And, um, <laughs> honestly, like the teacher made it very clear that I didn't belong there. She was like very, um, let me choose my words wisely. <laughs> she unfinessed <laughs> she, you. <laughs> she, yeah. She, she constantly showed me that I was a finesser and just, you, you know, she, she would, she would just say condescending things. And, uh, I, I even recall her saying that I would never be a programmer, uh, which is interesting because I do that as a full-time profession now. Um, but anyway, so I got into programming because, um, I found out, you know, MySpace, that type shit, but that, let's keep it real. Everybody was copy pasting. I'm going to set the record on people saying <laughs> that they code on MySpace. Come on, bro. You was copy pasting. You was changing. Absolutely. Stuff. 
Yeah. And that, that is a good entry, like dipping your toes. But, um, I would say, you know, once I like learned about this thing called hackathons where people were going and they were building like crazy shit in a weekend, um, I started going to those and turned out to be this crazy creative process where like Mm -hmm. you would meet people at the thing and everybody's like hyped up on sugar and (laughs) fucking, um, energy drinks and the promise of winning some esoteric prize, who knows what it is, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, we're talking 2013 early. So they were giving this shit away. Like, Oh, if you win, if you can use this API in a creative way, you'll win for Bitcoin. Um, so I never won any Bitcoin, but I did own Bitcoin back in the day and I used it to buy food, um, which is a whole another nice. sad story because I could have had some coin. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, uh, just like my whole journey has been kind of a roller coaster, in between, but I feel like it's, it's been in between um, whatever helps me kind of express how I'm thinking and what I'm, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about. Um, my first hackathon project was, uh, like an Instagram extension. Um, this was like back when Instagram didn't have maps for photos, but photos they had, they always had like EXIF data, uh, the data attached to the photo. Mm-hmm. And, um, they always had location like geolocation. So I just would like, uh, I wrote a, a app that would look at all the photos and then put them on a map. Um, just sure. like a Google map. So I combined a bunch of shit and yeah. it was at college park. And that was my first, I guess, creative coding experience. <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> I feel like, I, you know, I'm just the person I'm, I'm very much like all over the place. I feel kind of like, uh, I haven't really locked myself into like one thing. And, um, I think now where I'm at in my career, you know, fast forward to, to now, um, from college, fasting forward, you know, five years, I, I'm, I met, I met my girlfriend, uh, around 2013, 2014. Um, and she was studying art history and journalism. I can't leave her out of the story. Um, she was studying art history and journalism. And at the same time that she was studying art history and journalism, she, she decided to become a curator and I decided to become a programmer. Um, and we would always talk about art and, you know, she was kind of giving me like all this arts education. And that's like really when I learned like, Oh shit, like, Holy shit. This is like, you know, art is kind of like, it's either famine or feast. You know, you see like people, you know, starving artists, or you see like these artists that are doing really well. Um, you know, there's people in the middle, um, and there's people who have like really amazing careers, but you know, I think, um, when I, when I started learning about it, I was learning about a lot of these like bigger figures, like, um, you know, that might not have a lot of money, but get a lot of exposure for their work, et cetera. Um, and you know, fast forward, I'm still with, uh, the same woman, Kiara Christina Ventura. Um, and we, uh, where we're at now, she's been pushing me a lot to, to focus on my own art. And I started doing that more and, you know, I'm doing it, <laughs> making abstract work. Um, yeah, I told the whole fucking story. <laughs> no, <laughs> love it, to was, hear it. it was quite long. So thank you for, you know, that, that, I guess that's your job. You, it's your job. You like, listen, yeah, like usually I would be cut off by now. Nah, nah, nah. You, you, and that's the thing. Like, 
I think people have to share that thing and you, you have some, you have some overlap and we, we'll probably talk off mic w- about that, but there's some overlap I'm seeing. Very similar story. I know someone very personal that has a very similar story as you, but he's at this, uh, transitional stage kind of mm-hmm. in that, I don't know if you're going to be a coder kind of spot. Yeah. Kind of in that, Hey, I is was he that cover. Or... Oh, he's younger. He younger. Oh, where, where? Uh huh. Yeah, I look similar. <laughs> because it's not nah. a lot of light skin energy in the county. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so th- let's talk about like processes, um, materials, techniques. W- what are you ultimately doing to to make your work? Um, and is there a connection between your message and the way that you make your art? Yeah. So all my work is process work. And I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, that's kind of like the point of my story is that like, it's a process and you really, you're like on this journey. You don't really know exactly like where you're going to end up, you know, like I was working with light in 2011, you know, when I picked up that camera yeah. and, you know, paint is, it's, it's just light. It has its own dimensions. It has mm-hmm. its own materiality. Um, so I would say with the current body of work that I'm focused on, which is my dye work, um, you know, the idea, a large idea, is about, um, you know, I kind of, I have to gather my thoughts, but so the, the current body of work, um, I just had a show called sun. And in that show, I showed, mm, let's say roughly like 10, 10 or 15 pieces. It was my studio. Mm -hmm. Um, and all those pieces are works that I made over like the entire summer. And, um, during the summer, I was utilizing the sunset as my main subject. So um, I noticed a thing while I was in LA visiting family and I noticed kind of this phenomena where everyone would, uh, when they saw a beautiful sunset, they would post it. And um, for years, I kind of like had been documenting sunsets because it just always gave me a lot of good feeling. And uh, it's that, that reset energy, like new day, that energy is just something about it that's like, it feels like the earth is trying to, it's a public service announcement type shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like the sunset and it's beautiful. It's like trying to tell you some shit. So I just was like, man, like I need to like filter this into some, some body of work. So, um, I started working on what I suppose now is called the sun series, um, where I've been making these, um, varied size, size tapestries. They started off as uh, five foot by two foot. Um, so I was making them specifically in the shape of, uh, devices to pay owed to like uh, in that nine by 16 ratio aspect ratio. So I was paying like homage to how, how I've been capturing that sunset, which was through my phone and how, how it gets shared. Um, so I was just thinking about that conceptually. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I started making the larger tapestries to kind of encapsulate the viewer and, and, Mm -hmm kind of give you that all, all type of moment. Um, and then also utilizing, uh, like colored led lights to, to shift the experience. And, uh, uh, in the show, um, we also did these night and day meditations, uh, where we invited viewers to come in, uh, sit with the sunset and, you know, in, in essence, energetically charge, you know, my work, Um, you know, put these good, good vibrations and intentions into, into the work and, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, 
that type of like meditation, but collective meditation space has been like hella important, you know, like, I don't know how you feel when you're near people that you can just relax with, Yeah. but you know, it's just been a different, you know, especially after quarantine, like yeah. it was just, it was such a refreshing and good experience. So, um, my work is, it's all made with, you know, dye, um, off shelf. Um, and you know, it's pretty, pretty straightforward how I make it. It's just, uh, I, I use different timings and different folding techniques, um, to produce like certain colors and patterns. Um, and then I have a new body of work I'm working on still doing more texture and stitching to, to experiment with, you know, more, more information encoding, I suppose you could say. Um, I love it. Yeah. So, actually this that what you were saying there kind of because like pretty much in it you're answering a lot of my questions already which is great but um i'll say i so i got two questions that i think are kind of back to back so um that that kind of piggyback off what you were just talking about so you you mentioned the kind of the meditative state of one of the the elements of one of that those the recent um exhibition how how do you show yourself tenderness and take care of of your mind in the midst of a, your creative process? Because that can be a thing. Like I know for what I'm doing here, I'm like, man, that was a trash episode. Damn, I asked <laughs> stupid questions, and and I I don't give myself that grace sometimes. And you know, or it's like, well, I could have asked this. This could have went smoother, or what have you. And I would imagine there's similar things for for other artists and what they're doing right mm-hmm. so what does that look like for you and how do you you know like kind of take care of yourself mentally and give yourself like that grace and that tenderness <clears throat> yeah that's a great question um so as i was listening to the question the first thing that came to mind was actually um the process of getting into the studio and the mm-hmm. process of getting work out bottom there Um, and you know, that experience of self-talk and like reflection, et cetera. Like, so I guess to, to answer the question directly, it was just like a curt, you know, like quotable answer, I suppose. Um, damn dude, I don't even know how to answer it. It's just, it's a hard question, honestly, because I feel like the work is what is what softens me, you know? And I feel like the work is me saying to myself, especially with, with, um, in, in what it is, what I'm, what I'm using and trying to make something that feels a bit softer and like less tense and something that I can just sit with and feel calm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm purposefully making something like that because I feel like, you know, as a man, as a man who I am, I am very hard on myself. You know, I am very, I am very like, let's fucking go. Let's get this shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I don't need everybody to know, you know, like you can, you can look at like the pretty stuff and like the results and all of that. But, uh, you know, I can be very hard on myself and I can be very hard on people that are close to me. Cause you know, you know, they say you are the five closest people to you. So, um, I I don't really want to shed my people. I, I want them to, keep on rising up with me. And, um, you know, when I go in that studio, bro, like, (laughs) it's like, uh, you know, I put that punching bag down, you know, and Mm -hmm. that, that reflective punching bag, I I, I try to put that down and I, 
you know, and I just say to myself, like, yo, I'm at a place now where I can take that energy and transmute it into something more positive that I can then look at and say, okay, well, I can make this too. And I can identify with that, you know, yeah. versus if I'm doing some project and you begin to identify with like this mindset of like, Oh, if I'm not, if I'm not, not sleeping, if I'm not, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I feel like it's hard to articulate what I'm thinking, but, um, you know, you start to identify with that no sleep culture. If I'm, if I'm yeah. sleeping and I'm not working hard enough and it's like, I'm trying to like create things that help me identify with other ideas that aren't just, you know, set into what the culture has has yeah. set up for, for men, uh, men of color, um, you know, uh, you yeah. know, no, I, I, I agree with what you're, you're saying, what you're getting at there. Cause I, I think I used to have this joke about, um, working in an office environment. I'm, I have a data background and that whole, huh, it's only three types of black men that could be here in this office. And I started breaking down and I was with a group of other black guys. And they were like, but it's four of us. I was like, a couple of y'all copies then. And <laughs> they were like, yo, you're bugging. And it was like, which one are you? I was like, I don't fit into any of the buckets. That's why I'm an outcast. And they're like, wow. And I was like, I'm not going to be here much longer because I don't fit into the approved thing that I'm supposed to do. And I think that extends as to, you know, like if I were to do this, this podcast or what have you, and I would let outside forces get in my head and, and tell me how I'm supposed to go about it, it would be a much different thing mm -hmm. instead of me going back to the purpose of it. And I think that's what you were touching on. The purpose of me doing this is to kind of show like, yo, we got talent here. It comes mm -hmm. out of spite. It comes out of like, yo, Trump said some wild shit about Baltimore. I didn't like that shit. So I'm going to have people come on and talk about, you know, what it is to be a creative, what it is to be a small business owner for Baltimore and really reveal some of that truth about the city. And, you know, yeah, man. shout out to like Baltimore. <laughs> absolutely. But I feel like I'm getting away from that a little bit. I have to rein myself back in and remind myself mm -hmm. of the and why that's where, yeah. yeah, that's where that punching bag thing comes in too. And it's just like, yo, you, yeah, you chasing cloud. You doing this, you doing mm -hmm. that. And I was like, nah, 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 let me go back. Let's reset yep. it. Why are you doing this? And, um, that's, that's that North star, if you will, that beacon, that totem from, mm -hmm. uh, to use in the inception reference. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I had an artist actually ask me, um, you know, why I was making artwork. And he said to get a bag like that. He kind of like, you know, I yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know this guy, but you know, we had just met and I don't yeah. think he said it in a negative way, but I think, you know, in the scene, um, some people do, you know, use a mixture of cloud, um, gimmicks, uh, you design, you design a certain look for yourself and then you use that to, to your advantage with, which is a strategy, you know, like, the end of the day, you know, it's a strategy and, and it works for some people. Um, and he, he asked me, he said, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's what he did, but he said, uh, yeah. he said, uh, why, why do you, why, why you make art? You, you chasing the bag. And I was like, nah, I actually make art to like try to change people's minds and help them see the world from different perspectives and to create conversations and yeah. to bring people together. You know, and I, and I recognize that, you know, it's a responsibility, you know, like of somebody like you, um, that's creating a podcast, you know, art, you, you bring in people, you putting on these people who you, who you see something in and, 
um, you know, that's the, the responsibility of an artist is to show people that they're missing something. And I take that yeah. responsibility very serious. So, um, you know, I think the message in my work is look the fuck up, you know, be <laughs> present, like <laughs> look yeah. around, you know, don't just look at the negative shit, you know, um, you know, obviously it's a lot of negativity in this world, but, um, you know, keep, keep looking at something that's more powerful than all of that. And I think that nature is one of those things. God is one yeah. of those things. So it's i remember looking at this interview like i my, i have a birthday that's coming up we're in different tribes but similar tribes you're you're a cap i believe <laughs> yeah i'm a cusp cap aquarius and uh we were great um but <laughs> it, it was it was this interview i remember a little while back from like jay cole and, and they were asking him i think it was like breakfast club or something and they were like yo like when will you be satisfied like pretty much what are you chasing mm-hmm. and they were like money, this, that, and so on. He's like, I'm chasing love. He's like, I'll mm-hmm. never, and it's something I'll never really get. So I'm always going to be kind of chasing. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that's the way I kind of start looking at these things. When you can actually say exactly what you're looking for, but not something that is vague. Like yeah. you know that you're chasing something. You know that you're going for something. You're challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. You're looking at yourself as competition, whatever. But when someone's like, I'm looking for a specific dollar amount or a specific thing that it, it in a little bit inside, it makes me feel bad. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, no, no. You, you gotten caught up and I'll leave this with, I'll leave that with this. I, I remember it was a job I was in, I was leaving it and I knew I was leaving it, but I didn't reveal that I was leaving it yet. I was still doing all my work, doing all the coding stuff, being the black guy in the office. And <laughs> I, I just remember they knew they were in a bad spot and I was the senior data person. And they asked me, what can we give you? It was nothing better than telling on nothing. It's nothing you can give me. And I said it really matter of factly, not like an asshole, but I just felt like freedom because for me, and I think you're balancing the same thing. The day job is one thing, but the creative thing is the other that, that if it makes it feel worth it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely gives you yeah, something else. Yeah. Right. So when this, this is a weird way I wrote this, when you're feeling creatively dry, that's, that's such a weird way to say that. <laughs> uh, how do you refill or rediscover that inspiration? How do you refill that cup? Um, hit the gym, <laughs> do some pushups, uh, fucking do it. I build a new runway, man. Like get at people, it. <laughs> people try to, you know, go from zero to one and, yeah. or, or should I say zero to 100, but you need to, you need to be able to go from zero to one. So I, I do a lot of going from zero to one. Um, I'll do a new thing, you know, like right now I've been learning the didgeridoo. Um, and that's like, a, really, yeah, <laughs> it's like an Australian Aboriginal instrument. And, um, yeah. I'm going from zero to one, you know, and like the purpose of me doing that isn't to like become a master digi player. It's so that I can be a better painter. Like when yeah. I start, when I, when I put down my, you know, you know, my, my dye work or my, my paintbrush work or my spray work. And I, and I go and I pick up an instrument. The whole idea is that I'm building a new runway. Um, because ultimately I see, I see image making and I see like video making and, and book writing and writing as kind of like this, this final like output. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the process happens in, the day to day. It's that like, it's that routine. 
So I, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a, a, a definitely, I'm one of the people who would definitely always say routine is the way to go. Like I try to like do the same thing as much as I can, you know, like, yeah. um, so when I wake up every day, have a cup of tea after my tea, you know, I might wash the dishes, do something mundane. And then I might sit down for two hours, code after I code, probably walk the dog. And that's my whole runway. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I don't do that, like that's when I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Now I can't, I try to go to the studio and I'm like, you feel, you feel like you haven't done something. So, um, yeah, I built, I built runways when I'm creatively dry. I'm like, Oh, I'm, my runway must be off. Like I need, I need to, I need to get back in into some type of routine. Um, so, you know, I'll probably look up a calisthenics routine and be, you know, five day calisthenics routine. And then I'll do yeah. that and then program myself. And once I do that, I can, you know, keep going. And a lot of times it happens in other creative formats. So, um, you know, like when I, when I mentioned I do sonics, um, I'm really into like, ambient music Aphex twin is like one of my favorite artists um like sonic artists so like i'll, I'll just a lot of times i'll i'll pick up uh you know one of my instru- instruments or ableton and just mess around and make something that i you know that i like <laughs> you know yeah. but a lot of people be like what the fuck is this <laughs> especially people from back home i know they be looking at it, like, that's what they do the fuck is he doing now so you know i always have kind of been that person you know like i've always been kind of ran- I mean, ask about me. What does Cam do? Like, I don't know what the fuck you do. Some computer I shit. I mean, looking up stuff for you was a, was a thing. I was like, hold on, what is, who, is this, is this a real person? You know, literally that. <laughs> or, no, um, but, but, but definitely I, I, I run into a very similar thing when it comes to, I think it's expanding your, your mind when you're picking up a new mm-hmm. skill and you're picking up something else to kind of broaden it mm-hmm. to your, the, the thing that you said that I felt like it was a gift when you said like, you know, I'm learning this didgeridoo to be a better painter, you know what I mean? Or, and I, sometimes I find like when I'm feeling like dry, I might meditate or I might throw in an ebook and it's something mm-hmm. that will resonate with me that I'm supposed to get, that I'm supposed to hear, or I'll listen to, like I don't I, like I watch professional wrestling, but I'll listen to the professional wrestling podcasts. But they're more like comedy podcasts that were of wrestling I've seen like forever ago, like like twenty thirty years ago, right? And I'm like, wow, that's funny. And I'll just find it on loop, and I'm like, this is satiating me, but also it's giving me techniques on how to be a better podcaster, mm-hmm. how to do what I do better. So it's entertaining me while and informing me, and it's great. It's, yeah. it's great because. Um, like right now, I think like the books that I'm kind of rocking with right now is a lot of the Robert Greene stuff, mm-hmm. like 48 Laws of Power. Laws, yeah. But the main thing that I'm keying in on right now is uh, Be Water, My Friend, um, Shannon Lee's book about her dad, about Bruce Lee. And it's just basically Bruce Lee philosophy. It's like, yo, tell me more. Give me <laughs> give me all of it. Yeah, I'm going to have to take that one up. Um, so I got one more question before I get into these rapid fire ones. Mm-hmm. And this, this one is you got to ask, you got to ask, you know, visual artists, this one, what are the three most used colors in your palette and why? Uh, orange, um, orange, why, why orange? Uh, it's such like a safe color. Um, and, um, so I, I, I look at psych, I'm a psych minded person. I, I look at a lot of psychology, especially when I'm making artwork. 
Um, orange is such a safe color, you know, we recognize it as like, you know, uh, from like the fire, what, what the fuck is it? The vest. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fire vest or the orange cone, you know, in society, we recognize it like societally as a, you know, as a safe color. And then also it's a reference to the sun. Um, yeah. uh, everything I'm going to say is basically sunset colors. So, um, <laughs> the Oreos, uh, they're safe win. No, no. Yeah. The Oreos <laughs> safe win, you know, shout out the Colts. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say orange for sure. Um, and then I go a lot for like, uh, kind of like this dusty rose pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this lilac blue. Um, mm. so when I use the dusty rose pink, I always like how it mixes with that blue specifically. I feel like I'm yep. giving away my shit right now, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, well, like I'm taking how, notes. I like how they mix, <laughs> bro. It's crazy. Cause you know, like you make, a. I feel like when I make nice pieces of work and then people see it, I start to see more people using those tones and I love it, but it's also like, I'm, I'm competitive a little bit. So taking my I, shit, man. I'd what you like, doing? Bro, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> So, um, it's like your dad earlier with the camera. Like, yeah, hey, what exactly. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, hey, what the fuck? Like, why your pictures look like my pictures, bro? Oh, that bouquet, you on 1.4. Um, so, now, anyway, so I use like dusty pink, uh, lilac blue, uh, or lilac purple rather. And when they mix, they make they make these very nice, uh, like muted uh, tones, which are very uh, close to like the, the sunset feel. Um, so, I would say like that orange is very predominant. And, um, consistent kind of with my design, um, design system, if you want to call it, or like, um, I kind of have like my, (laughs) my consistent stuff. I I, I like certain fonts and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say those are my three and, uh, I won't say much more than that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Those, those are legit though. Those are legit. Uh, so now it's time for rapid fire. And this is only three questions for rapid fire and pretty much I feel like I'm waiting for a bomb drop. <laughs> That'd be great if I could throw that in, probably put it in the post. Uh, so with the rapid fire questions, essentially they're like kind of like the brief answers or what have you. And it's, you don't have to add any extra context. Um, but it's more so like in that moment, what was that answer for you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So the, the first question, how many hours of sleep do you get per night? Oh, uh, between seven and nine. Okay. Yeah. I was expecting less for a minute. I was just like, all right. So I wake up every morning around 6 a.m. And then I usually will sit there, think about something, maybe check email, go right back to sleep. And then okay. sleep, sleep for like two hours. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I used to not sleep uh, when, especially like 2016, bruh. Yeah. I was up. <laughs> um, since you said this earlier, I worked this one in there. Um, since you know you had some aspirations to go into the culinary arts, mm-hmm. what is your your go to meal right now? What are you making? Go to meal, shit, man. I'll be cooking. Uh, <laughs> like you said, former fat kid. Uh, <laughs> shit, damn, that's a hard question. Actually, um, I can say what I just made. I made. I use a wok a lot. Um, I okay. make a lot of stir fries, so um, I get real creative and mixy in the kitchen. Um, I just made this crazy, so I'm vegan too. I made this yeah. crazy, like, uh, Alfredo sauce with yeah. broccoli um, and 
I feel like I'm going to keep making that. That's going to become a staple. I'm writing, I'm in the process of recreating and writing down the recipe. And then, so that's my, I would say that's a new go-to, but before that it would usually just be like my chili, like, like crazy chili, like five bean goulash that my grandma, you know, I, I took from my grandma. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a bean guy. I'm a bean guy. Yeah, bro. Five beans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is the last one. This is the last one I got for you. What was the last song that you listened to? Damn, bro. Uh, so, if I'm being honest, because yeah. I, was, I was going live for a minute. Cause I was like, oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even going live, bro. Um, last song I listened, I listened to the first track the, the first two tracks on the weekend's new album ah, and then I, I, I paused the second song. I think it's called gasoline or something like that. Gasoline. Yeah. I don't know. I paused it cause it was getting on my nerves. I just, just like, <laughs> it's yeah. a good, I mean, I love the weekend. I'm a huge weekend fan, Same. but, uh, yeah, I think that I just need to listen to it driving or something. It was something about sitting right here in the moment mm-hmm. and listening to the album. I think I might need to like put that one on the car. Like it, it just is like real upbeat, maybe clean the house or some shit. Um, but yeah, before that I was listening to Apex. I need uh, to, I need to get a gas mask or an oxygen mask and just listen to take my breath away, like over and over again. Like it's just <laughs> what I'm doing at this just point. Just getting a character. Yes. Getting a character. So that's all the questions I have, but I want to invite you to um, plug. Where can you find you at online? And again, thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, on the internet where am i i'm uh i'm on instagram you know i'm on i'm on arena um i do a lot of documentation on arena uh like moodboarding a-r-e-dot-n-a slash cameron a robinson um and yeah just hit hit me on instagram got questions dms open got coding questions you need some help with some codes or you know I don't, I don't know, man. I'm bad at plugging. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm going to be hitting you up like, yo, I need some coding. Yeah. Yeah. You need some design tips. You know, you need some, some recommendations on some chairs. You know, you need, you need some, some audio loops. <laughs> Shit. You need some design consultation, font choices. You know, I got you. I'm your guy. One-stop shopping. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know what I'm good at. You know, I, I'll say that. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm good at. I have an eye for aesthetic. Um, so yeah, I would love to maybe be a creative director one day. It might be my next, you know, next, next thing. We'll see. <laughs> Sounds good. So there you have it, folks. Um, I want to close out there. So for just the, the talented, the analytical, the creative Cameron Robinson, I am Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around your city. You just got to look for it. <laughs>